Hey, and welcome to No Two Gays About It. I'm Tom Burke. And I'm Michael Foley. And Michael and I are basically the odd couple of the gay world. Completely different guys, completely different backgrounds, completely different lives, but we are both over the age of 50, and we thought it was important to bring our voices to the conversation, so we're here to talk about all things happening out there in the world with a mature gay perspective. True that. And today we're going to be talking about Cocaine Bear, who we're excited about, (laughs) (laughs) and then uh, Nikki Haley, quite a transition Uh, into that, and then some uh, gay marriage uh, we're going to be talking about, and folks over 50 and all that fun stuff. Um, Yeah, so. And of course, we're going to do my favorite segment of our show, which is the Savage Side-Eye, Yes, where one of us will say who's been bugging us or what's been bugging us this week. But that will all come later. Michael, what's happening with you lately? What's new and exciting? Um, New and exciting is we're getting some great feedback for uh, what we're doing here, which is really great. And I got this... uh, Really funny communication with um, one of our listeners from Canada, who is a Patreon subscriber. Nice. Hi, Alana Crawford. How are you? Hello, Alana Crawford. Thanks for subscribing. Sure. Um, And she asked me if I knew what our show was called up there. And that's exactly the look I got. In Canada? Don't they speak English? Yeah. Well, not in Montreal. They speak French. Oh, yeah. she's She's not from Montreal. She is from Trail, Canada. Um, and okay. <laughs> I was, I was a little hesitant to respond back and say, what is it? And, um, actually it made me laugh out loud. So we are no two gays about it. I watched South Park, so it mm-hmm. probably had a bit more <laughs> meaning to me because <laughs> of Terrence and Philip, but you know, that's the, the Canadian, the, the, the about as opposed to about. Totally got that. Awesome. You know what? It gave me a chuckle, and sometimes that's all I need. Right? You just got to take it where you can get it. (laughs) Yeah. So what's happening with you? What's new? Uh, Well, yesterday was a big day. Um, I had a little luncheon at my home, as one does, and um, I had a couple come over. I went to a a private all-boys prep school, of course, and um, it was taught by... Christian Brothers. Um, One of the guys that was a year ahead of me, who was, of course, in the plays with me, um, he went on to become a brother. Well, I heard from him last week. I have not seen or spoken to him in 44 years. Wow. Wow. Right? Uh, Well, he's visiting out in Palm Springs with his husband, (laughs) so he's no longer a Christian brother. but it was actually kind of fun to see him and kind of catch up over 44 years. Uh, but he, his partner is really great. My husband loved him. So it was kind of like a fun little thing that just came out of the blue. It was awesome. Wow. That's, that's really amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I had that experience um, right before COVID, actually. I got together with um, some people I went to high school with who I hadn't seen. And yeah probably that long and it's uh it was weird did you experience the like we fell right back into it there was no lag it 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 felt so comfortable yeah 
and familiar and it was just like we there was no time that happened be, in between that was awesome. that did that happen for you guys well, we weren't like really close friends. You know, like I said, he was older than I was. I, I did know him. Um, I believe he dated a friend of mine. Uh, Could I ask if female? was it a... Okay, that was my question. Dated a female, as we all did when you were going to a private all-boys prep school. I dated so many females. I went to so many proms, you know, because all of the other girls' schools, because they were all segregated, um, had proms and dances, and yeah, we were all there. You know, of course they wanted to ask the gay guys because we dressed well, we had great cars, we danced well. You know, we were fun. We weren't just like those straight guys getting drunk in the parking lot. But um, anyway, um, so you mentioned something about cocaine bear. I did. Um, so I was in L.A. when... Uh, I was with a group of friends in LA and when we went to the movies and we saw this trailer, uh -huh. all of us sat there with our jaws hanging open because it was like you were on this intense acid trip and just going, what the fuck is this? And then at the end of the trailer, <laughs> this, was, this was the thing that caught us. Across the screen came, based on a true story, and all of us were like, what the fuck right um so we made a pact that we were going to see this movie together so okay. i'm going to la um tomorrow and we're going to watch it so it is actually based on a true story about a duffel bag full of cocaine <laughs> that drug smugglers <laughs> were dropping along the border so that you know folks right. could pick it up and sell it um but a bear got into it fantastic and uh, apparently became hooked on cocaine and goes on this insane rampage. And I think, you know, we spoke about this in a previous episode where sort of horror and black comedy is my wheelhouse. I love that. It's a yeah. great distraction for me. Um, and I'm assuming you're not going to be seeing Cocaine Bear. No, I'm, you know, I might. It was directed by Elizabeth Banks, right? Yes. Uh, who yep. is an incredibly funny human being. I know this is her third film she's done. She did the uh, Charlie's Angels, the 2019 version. She did one of the Pitch Perfects, but she has been in so many great, not only films, but uh, sitcoms as well. She was on Family, Family, not Matters, Modern Family, um, which I also heard that uh, Jesse Tyler Ferguson is in this movie. So that's probably where oh. that connection came. And unfortunately, or I don't know if it's unfortunate, but isn't this Ray Liotta's last film that yeah. he did? Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's sort of, it, it could be huge because it, it has that. Right. It looks like it could be this massive cult, uh, have this massive cult following. Like, you know, um, with the Xanadu, that was Gene Kelly's last film. And Okay, yeah, okay, I can I don't see know, that. it's a lovely way to be remembered as far as I'm concerned, it kind of warms my heart that that was, you saw him dancing and singing again in a, in a film. And, you know, I have a affinity for Xanadu, as you know, because I have a Xanadu themed arm tattooed. So. Yeah. You yeah. know what? Um, I think we need to have a picture of that and put that on our Instagram, which is at no two, the number two gaze about it. So please follow us on Instagram and you can see Michael and I, the odd couple of the gay world, 
living our best lives. And Michael, please take a a shot of your Xanadu tattoo because it I is absolutely will really something to see in li- in real life. Um, and you know, I, I, one of the the best things that happened in regard to that tattoo is I got to show it to Olivia Newton John, and wow, she was so struck by it. And I did something a little evil because, uh, you know, you are a streak. <laughs> um, she was so taken by it. And, the, and then the story that I told her of why I have it and what prompted it. Um, and then she said, well, Can I I'm take sorry, a- you can't say that without telling us what the story is. So what what okay. is the story? All right. I thought I was going to get away with this one. Tom. Nope. Um, so I saw Xanadu the year it came out in the theater um, way back in 1980. Um, and it just, I, I was this, I won't say in the closet. It just, I didn't, I didn't have my, my family yet, my uh, chosen family. And it struck a chord in me. And there was a line that Gene Kelly said in the movie, dreams don't die, we kill them. And it just, it resonated so deeply with me. And then the whole fantasy aspect of it. And as you know, uh, my dream wasn't to open a roller disco, but it was just to find my place. And then um, soon after that, I did. And just it, it always resonated with me on such a deep level. And so I told that to Olivia and she was really moved. Um, and I also thanked her for it. Um, and it was also her most like stunning. She was flawless and just really ethereal in that movie. Um, but anyway, I, she's like, going to take a picture of it. And I went, no. And <laughs> the look on her face, because she thought I was serious, uh-huh. was one of complete shock, because um, I had just taken a picture with her, um, you know, to put up on Facebook and everywhere. But, um, and then I went, I'm kidding. And she just busted out laughing. I was like, oh my God, I really thought you were serious. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah. And it's, you know, they say, don't meet your heroes. Um, I have been really fortunate in the people that I've met in the industry and have got to spend some time with, and they've been some of the most lovely people you would ever want to meet. And Olivia was one of those. Fantastic. So I think another one of your biggest women heroes is, uh, Nikki Haley. Is that correct? Yes. (laughs) I mean, how could you, how do you not just bathe in the awe and wonder that is Nikki Haley. Um, I was, did you happen to see her announcement for her presidential run? Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, I'm actually holding back my breakfast right now because it's coming up a little. Um, so at the beginning of, before she spoke, um, did you catch the pastor who happened to, to speak? No. No, I just saw clips. Um, yeah. So his name is John Hagee. And John has this really colorful background. And her choosing him to give the prayer, as you would have it, before her speech was a shot across the LGBTQ community's bow. Because this is the man who said Katrina was God's way of punishing New Orleans because of the gay pride parade. Oh. And he is a rabid 
anti-LGBTQ person. And that is who she chose to give the prayer. And this man is so reprehensible that in 2008, he endorsed John McCain. John McCain came out and said, I don't want your endorsement. I'm not acknowledging it. Take it back. That's how reprehensible he is. And what's mind boggling is that's how far the Republican Party has fallen in 14 short years that, you know, you have this icon who was John McCain, right? who, you know, at one point I honestly was considering voting for him and then Sarah Palin came along. So that was out the window um, because, you know, back then I was struggling with the Democrats lack of commitment to our community in regard to the marriage equality um, issue. And so I always had the utmost respect for John McCain and I still do. And to see how far they've fallen and Nikki Haley being a huge part of that dissension. So tell um, me what, what are the, what are the things that she is espousing? So Nikki believes that the, um, I want to get the actual name of it correct. The parental rights in education, which is, we know now is the don't say gay bill. Okay. Um, doesn't go far enough. She believed that it's, that it's timid on um, Ron DeSantis's part, that she feels it, you know. How can it period, go? The end of sentence, every, everything, anything gay related or gay conversation should be completely out. Um, and, you know, this is one of their false flags kind of things where they talk about, um, well, we believe this is about sex education being taught in uh, kindergarten through third grade. And it shouldn't happen. Well, the reality is it doesn't happen. It never happened. It never will happen. What this law did was prevent a child who has same-sex parents from going into school and talking about what they did on their weekend with their parents. Right. That's shut down. So it's nothing about sex education. It's just sharing a portion of a child's life. Um, in a classroom environment where everybody else is doing the same. Well, what would and, she? Uh, what does she want more from that then? More restrictions. More. Um, she opposes marriage equality. She wants to take away our rights, wow. which is basically the Republican platform right now. She believes that trans rights are the beginning of the end of civilization, and also believes that it's the end of women's sports as we know it, which is a crock because. There are trans athletes, but the percentage is so minute that it's, a, again, it's a non-issue. Right. And they take these, this red meat and throw it to their base and completely distract them from the fact that the states that they live in and are responsible for are literally falling apart. Wow. Poverty is the highest as it is anywhere in the country. And, um, you know, you give them red meat and it just distracts them en enough that they're not focused on the actual issues that are um, confronting them in their, in their everyday life. So t t tell me a little bit about her. I know that she was in uh, Trump's cabinet, but before right. that... She, she was the ambassador to the UN. Okay. She That's was it. the governor of South Carolina. That's what I wanted to know. So yeah. she... And in South Carolina, she gutted... Uh, HIV funding and awareness wow. in the state. So it basically became non-existent. Wow. And um, 
ironically, South Carolina in um, 2012 was the last information I could get on it, <clears throat> was they had the highest rate of new HIV transmission cases. Well, of course they did. And right? it, was in, it was in heterosexuals. Wow. And black women were hit the hardest. Yeah. And she takes all of the money out of the funding for AIDS awareness and HIV awareness. So that's who she is. Do you have any idea where she came from before being governor? I know she's Indian. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Her heritage? She's, yeah. Yes. Um, but so then her, she just ahead. showed up in South Carolina and took over the Republican Party? Uh, you know, as as most politicians do, they start locally and uh -huh. then okay. work their way up. And um, she just became one of those outspoken folk, like the few whose names I'm not going to mention. Okay. In the Republican Party right now, who all of a sudden it's like, where the fuck did you come from? Right. Um, and for some of the, some of them, um, you know, it's the bottom of the bowl. Um, Is she so. campaigning on anything other than this? No. No. Wow. Nope. Okay. There, there, there wasn't a single issue she discussed. Really. I, I mean, you know, they use their talking points, blames Biden for everything while neglecting to point out that he inherited a yeah. colossal mess. You know, basically the only accomplishment of the Trump years was a tax cut for the rich. You know, for four years, we heard about the new health care plan that was going to be coming for middle America to, you know, to get rid of Obamacare and yet nothing. And pretty much every day was infrastructure day. We were going to have a new infrastructure plan worked out. That never happened, never came to pass. But why? Because he got tax cuts for the rich. And basically that was all that was good with him. Right. And then now, should we bring up COVID? You know, how, how do you handle that? How'd that go? It's going right. to magically disappear by Easter. Oh, it doesn't exist. It's a hoax. And then you have over a million people who are dead. So. So did, did she not tell her last boss trump that she wasn't going to run and now this is like, isn't this like a big slap in his face yeah um she did and her she did an interview where somebody asked her that question directly and she said well things have changed now um <laughs> wow <laughs> surprise um you know he's not the same person he was and i'm not the same person i was and so it's okay now i did hear a, a, an interesting idea from one of the pundits and that that because she did announce really early yeah she's way ahead of the pack and usually what happens is that person falls to the wayside very early as well that this was her move to get on the vp ticket oh okay for either trump or desantis more than likely desantis yeah i can't imagine trump anyone who goes against trump is is his enemy so i can't imagine he would take her on right yeah, I, I doubt. And well, the interesting thing is because I can't listen to him anymore. I just, yeah. I refuse to. And also, it makes my head want to explode and bleeding from the ears ensues. Um, but I did hear somebody say that he attacked her and Ron DeSantis in one of his last stump speeches. So, well, of course, he did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you, you know, surprise. Right. All right. Well, it looks like it's going to shape up to be some very exciting things to watch. Right? Yeah. And, yeah. Cons yeah, absolutely. And considering, um, you know, her stance on gay marriage and marriage equality. I know that's something near and dear to your heart. And um, I know that's something you want to talk about today. So it is. And well, first of all, I watch a lot of television. 
Um, I am my real job in, in out in the real world. I'm an image consultant for actors, so I have to watch pretty much everything that's out there. So I I see who's being cast and what, how are they packaging these actors, all of that stuff. But I absolutely love reality television. I always have, and I just always will. Um, one of the shows I've been watching, and how funny is this, to transition from a Indian woman who is taking away gay rights or wants to take away gay rights, to the show I watched the other night, which was Family Karma, which is a Bravo show, and it it centers around all of these immigrant Indian families who now have been established. They all live in Florida, and now it's the second and third generations of the kids in their lives. Well, there is a gay couple on this show, which is uh, groundbreaking in itself, but then also because it is an Indian family, and India is a very conservative uh, culture. But they're uh, having this whole season is about this gay wedding and preparing for it and the families. Um, it's an interracial uh, family. There's a white guy and the Indian guy. The Indian family are so supportive of this couple. It's great. Wow, it's, that's wonderful. But it's the white guy's <laughs> family who do not want anything to do with this. They don't want to be on camera. They've consented to come to the wedding, but please don't put us because everyone in our church is going to see us, you know, really sad. However, um, you know, I love the show. I think this is great. The fact that it, we are now having this visual gay wedding on television and it's an Indian wedding. Have you ever been to an Indian, Indian wedding, Michael? Um, I have not, but I have, I have seen Ooh, some and wow. Yeah. They go for days. It's all of this performing and changes of clothing. It's just crazy, really spectacular. Um, anyway, so I'm watching this, and then I was reading articles about this couple. And the they're a prof young professional couple. They're in their 30s. And the Indian guy was saying that, you know, now he's in his 30s. He's a lawyer. He's established in his uh, career. And he feels now it's time to take that next step, which to him would be getting married. And that just made me start thinking about, you know, gay marriage and who is getting married. I mean, we fought for this right to be married. And in my world, um, which, you know, I, I, I'm a couple. I've been married May 10th will be our 35th anniversary. Um, but all of our friends are basically married. Um, I counted, we have three single friends. You are I... one of them, Michael. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but everyone else around me basically is married. Our We live in Palm Springs. Our street is filled with all of these gay couples who've been married for one couple 48 years, another couple oh just gosh. had their 45th um, anniversary. That's awesome. uh, we are, you know, we're nothing being at just 35. We're, we're the chickens out there. Um, but anyway, so that was made, made me think like, okay, well, who is actually getting married? So I started doing some research on this. Um, and I did find out that it is this 30 year old you know, 30 to 40-year-old group of gays that are mainly the ones getting married. 
And then I was wondering, like, well, why aren't the guys our age, these over 50 males who are the ones who have been out there fighting for this right, who have been fighting for um, not only marriage equality, but equal rights and, you know, fighting the whole AIDS epidemic. And it's been a constant fight for us. And I know that the moment we were able to get married, my husband and I were like, yes, we're this is happening, right? Um so again, I have to pull up some of these things. I did some more research about this. I, I really wanted to know why why and who are getting married. Um, Gallup poll for the year. They do this every year. Um, it So age group. First of all, it was by couples. Um, gay couples aged 25 to 34, 23% of gays between 25 and 34 are in couples. Uh, 35 to 44 gay men, 21% of those men are in, in a couple. Uh, 45 to 54, it drops down to 17%. And then the ne- it keeps dropping down um, to 65 and above, only 13% of gay males are in couples. And that, to me, I was like, I did. I don't get it. I I thought everyone was married. Again, everyone in my circle is married, and I know you are not. And we are not. You know, Scott and I are not bar people, so we don't go out and see you know people who are single and who are not. And so it even made me think a little bit farther. And I wanted to ask you, um, you know, as a friend, but also to kind of just educate me. Have you ever thought about being married? Is that something you would want to do? So here's an interesting thing, because, you you know, I, I've been an activist my whole life. Right. Um, in the 80s and the 90s, I was always having the conversation, of, even with people who I was dating, that marriage was my goal. And okay. some of them were like, well, that's never going to happen. You know, we have domestic partnerships. That's the best we could hope for. And I'm like, yeah, that's not the best I'm hoping for. I will be married. I want to be married. Um, and oddly enough, never happened. And seriously, I was one of the very few people in the wow. 80s. I can remember this party during the summer at a beach house um, down at the shore. And all these gay men and a conversation came up about gay marriage. And some of them were so unbelievably hostile against it. Wow! Like, how can you even bring that up? That's why should we, you know... We're never going to have that. And I'm like, well, we're never going to have it because of that attitude. I believe we should. We deserve that. There is nothing different from our relationship to a straight relationship. Um, So I do think about that a lot often and how ironic it is that I was like, I want to be married. And here I am single. (laughs) So, um, but I think maybe the reason it declines is because of the relationships that I have had. Um, and two in particular, um, which ironically enough were back to back, they sort of bled into each other, um, really changed who I was in a very good way. Because for the first time in my life, I looked at this person, and maybe even one day we'll get into the dynamic of this relationship. Um, when I ended it, because it was so toxic and just so awful. And I remember this moment, it was like a lightning bolt 
struck me in the head and split me open where I looked at him and this is, this wasn't coming from a place of arrogance. I just said, you are so not worth this. Ooh. And the first, it was the first time in my life I believed I deserved better than that. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and now I have zero tolerance for bullshit. If somebody lies to me once, that is all you get. Um, and that's a, that's been a challenge for me. Um, right. And, you know, I'm not a bar person either because I really don't drink and drunk people get on my nerves and a lot of single gay men drink a lot. Yeah. Um, because the bar environment's a challenging environment to deal with. Um, and, you know, through the course of that moment of ending that relationship um, was the beginning of me needing any substances to sort of numb myself because I, it put me on this road to healing all those scars and unpacking a lot of baggage. And the more I took care of my inner demons, those things that I used as crutches just fell away. There was never a conscious decision because people ask me all the time when I say I don't drink, oh, you're in program. And I think programs are hugely beneficial. Um, but, you know, you can choose not to drink just because it doesn't serve a purpose. Right. And for me, right. it doesn't serve a purpose anymore. Um, do, do you think, because um, this was a thought also in doing my research, just reading all about gay marriage and uh, who's getting married. I, I kind of feel that there is also a reason why the decline as the age groups go to who is coupled, who is married. When we were younger, and we are the over 50 crowd, um, there, was, there was never the example out there for us to see oh, you can be in a couple, you can be in a committed relationship as a gay man. And so not having that to look at or something to strive for, if that if that's what you want, not everyone wants that, I get that. But I do believe that because that was not out there, a lot of older gay men never strived for that or never felt that that what they were worthy of it or that's something that they wanted where now these people in their 30s they've had like they've been watching my husband and I have been together longer than they've been alive so they have seen us out there and Scott and I have made it a point to be out there and show young gay males that this is a choice you don't have to choose it but being married being in a committed relationship uh, is a possibility if that's something that you want. So do you think maybe that's it, that we just didn't have that for our generations to see? Yeah, I, I, role models role models are hugely important. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and I do think that that's probably part of it because, again, when I said I was talking about getting married, right. you know, I, 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 I was, like, attacked. Um, and, you know, people were throwing that line at me, um, well, you're buying into the heterosexual norm. And I'm like, actually, no, I'm not. I, I, I right. want to share my life with somebody and it has nothing to do with them. It's just how I feel. And to me, a marriage is a commitment between two people in front of friends and family, hopefully. Um, back then, family was not even in the equation, sure. but now it is. Um, that it, you know, when you make a commitment and say something out loud, it takes on a different meaning. And then when you fortify that commitment in front of other people, you now have a community that supports that. 
To me, that's what marriage has always been. Well, okay, I see that. However, Scott and I, my husband, Scott and I, um, made that commitment 20 years before, even more than that, before we were allowed to stand in front of people and make the commitment legal, you know. Um, so I feel marriage is so much more than just the ceremony, just so much more than saying it out loud. Marriage is so much fucking work. I mean, it is hard. Hard. Um, how, do you feel, you know, how do you feel about it? It's hard. hard. It, okay, it, it, I, I wasn't is, clear on that. <laughs> yeah. So it's hard. Is that it, what you're saying? It's a little hard, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. No, it takes a lot of work. Um, you have to really have the guts to be in it and stay in it. In fact, I was driving home. Uh, oh, well, of course, I was with my husband because we're attached at the hip. Um, no, that's not true. But we do do everything together. That's part of why we've lasted this long. We do like to be around each other and do like to include each other in our lives. But we were on our way home from dinner the other night, and I saw this guy on a bike. Gay guy my age, so over 50, uh, on a bike, and he was he was trying to figure out which way to go. And I, in my head, I'm thinking, God, that must be so nice to just be able to, <laughs> to just go wherever you want. And then I look over at Scott, and I'm like, yeah. I mean, I'd have to say, like, okay, I'm going for a bike ride. I'll be back. Not that, you know, not that that's what life is about. But when you do marry somebody, you have other feelings to always consider. There is always that other person that, you know, whatever decisions you make has to be included. You have to think of that person. So, yeah, marriage is a lot of work. But for a lot of us... It's worth the work, and I do feel strongly that we need to be out there to show this younger generation so more people like those on Family Karma, you know, feel like, yeah, this is something that I want in life, and look at those guys. They've been together for 35. I swear, I look at my friends who've been together for 48, and it's like unbelievable to me, you know? It's just I just think that's—I really do think that's the greatest thing in the world. In incredible especially if you go back when they first got together yeah. what was happening in the world nothing positive towards gay a gay relationship so those guys are the ones who have had been through a lot so but you know also i don't I, i'm pretty sure i told you this uh we had met at a dinner party because that's what we do we go to dinner parties and then we had them to one of our parties, uh, this couple, an interracial couple, Robert Compton and David Wilson, who are, they live part-time in Palm Springs and part-time in um, Provincetown. But they are like rock stars to me because they are, in 2003, there were seven gay couples that sued the state of Massachusetts to get the right to marry which started everything. And Robert and David were one of these seven couples. Just the fact to take that on, you know, um, and, yeah. and these were not two guys that were, you know, out there stomping and whatever, a dentist and a, you know, a businessman, really lovely men. But they took that on for all of us. Um, 
which is why I look at these like really sweet men and think like you two are freaking rock stars. Yeah, they are in, in my eyes as well. Right. Because I mean, you know, how, you know how I am politics wise. Yeah. Right. That's amazing. I really want to meet them the next time they're in town. Just as an FYI. They are in town. I'll have I'll have a dinner party. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the rub, Michael. If I have a dinner party, then we have to find another single guy because, you know, everybody's in twos and you'll you'll disrupt my table setting. So I've got to find either Just another. Stick me at the head. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's my place. <laughs> I'll stick you in the head. So then, actually, then your, your, you your could serve for us, seat. Michael. You yeah, could be good our luck, good yeah. luck with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's going to happen. Um, anyway, so you know, um, yes, I, I, I'm understanding more why there are less and less married men over the age of fifty. I get it, um, and I also get that it's a lot of work, and you don't want to really put that into it, especially. You get this, I'm sure. You've been single for a very long time. You get set in your ways. You get the. It's very hard to then couple. Um, but you know, believe if, it or not, I am at my most comfortable when I'm like dating someone. Steady. Oh, that's awesome. I really am. I always have been. Um, cool. Which again is the ironic thing about the way my life is. You know, the 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 path I've wound up on is that. Um, yeah, I, I. It's 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 been a goal of mine, but for some reason for. You know, the universe is like, yeah, not yet. When? When I'll be 87 and, you know. Well, Michael. No teeth. You know how I entertain. I can throw a hell of a wedding reception. Oh, I mean, I'm I, already in my head figuring out what the flowers are going to look like on the table. Awesome. So get to work, find that man so that well, I can. Well, you you have to find another person to invite to your dinner party, right? I do. Okay. All right. So Just it'll saying. be it'll be a goal we for need both help. of ours. A single folk. Need help from you guys. Just Fan saying. Okay, fantastic. So yeah. before that happens, you get to LA, you go see Cocaine Bear. You yes. report back on how crazy and silly that is. Yes. Um, we will keep our eye on Nikki Haley, Ugh. an Indian woman who wants to take away mm. all gay rights. And check out next week family karma it's the big wedding i can't wait i'm very excited about that you know what you're gonna have to tell me where i can find it because i will definitely watch it's it. on and bravo we could, we could talk about that next week and i will be okay because i don't watch reality but i will i will make up i will make a point to watch it yeah bravo i mean i'm not i'm not big on the uh real housewives franchises but they the below deck franchises hello i love those shows and then family karma it's all great they're all great okay. all right um, I, you know I, I will take your word okay so you love those i love my horror and my black comedies and my cocaine bear so now tell me something that you don't love because it's time for our savage side eye i want to hear who's crawling up your crow this week so who is happens to be stuck in my craw this week is the in I can't say the entire state of Iowa because not everyone there is a Republican, but Republicans in Iowa and politicians in Iowa, because they're doing this wonderful thing, this bill that was just introduced to, they want to get rid of child labor laws and allow 14 to 17 year olds to work in environments like meatpacking and mining and steel cutting and steel molding, which are incredibly dangerous environments. 
And I, I was looking to roll that back. I mean, you know, this Republican Party really does want to go back to the 19th century yeah. um, and have any minority out of sight. Let's get the kids back to work because, you know, they're slacking. Um, and yeah, I when I heard this, I honestly thought it was a joke. So I had to do my due diligence and sort of tune into what was happening. And um, yeah, so, you know, there'll be a 14 year old with three less fingers because he missed with the cleaver and um, lost some fingers or he'll have black lung disease at the age of 17, which is always something to look forward to, you know, from going down in the mines. Oh, so. Okay. Isn't that fun? No, so that's that, not. Yeah. So this Iowa, is why I watch reality television. Iowa. Yeah, you yeah. know, and this is why I watch Cocaine Bear. Okay. <laughs> well, there <laughs> you go. Movies. At, at midnight, I'm watching the worst horror movies on, and these giant sharks, shark versus octopuses and stuff like that. Because after a day of news, it's just oh, suffocating. Fantastic. And, and do you have any side eye to give this week? No, I think let's just keep it all at Iowa and... Uh, I want to be happy this week, so um, I would like all of you people out there that are listening to us to let us know what you think about what's happening in the world. Let us know what you think you'd like us to talk about or your thoughts on gay marriage. If you're a guy over 50, why are you married or why are you not married? Fill me in. Let me, you know, keep educating us. You can send us emails at no. Two gays about it, and that's the number two gays about it at gmail.com. Also, make sure that you follow us on Instagram. Michael's going to put up a photo of his um, Xanadu tattoo. And let me just a little sidebar here I have absolutely no tattoos, just, you know, again, the odd couple. That's who we are. Um, and Michael is covered. And so. Michael is covered in tattoos, which, you know, the more we learn about Michael, the more he will be putting these photos up there. Also, Michael and I and my husband had dinner the other night. We went to a new Italian restaurant. Um, I just check out our Instagram to see the two of us at this restaurant. Um, Michael needed a little help with his napkin, so I helped yes, him out. Yes, because I was making a mess with my spaghetti. <laughs> And God forbid anyone make a mess in my, um, my whatever, my wherever I am. Anyway, so follow us on Instagram. Also, Facebook. You can see the same photos up on Facebook. We're at No Two Gays About It. And please remember that it's two, the number two gays about it. So let us know how all of you over 50s are uh, dealing with your life. And hey, single men out there. You know. No, this is not a dating <laughs> site, Michael. You have plenty. You have Come plenty on. of those. Um, Michael, we have a really exciting thing um, that I would like you to tell people because it we're not only really interesting to look or to listen to, but we are awesome to look at. And how can people do that? Well. I would never say that regarding myself, but yes, Tom is awesome to look at. I have no. a face for radio. Um, but join us over on Patreon um, forward slash no two gays about it. Um, and you will get to see the video of us as we're uh, as we're sitting here chatting and uh, right. 
doing our thing and making strange faces at each other and giving each other the side eye sometimes. Um, and yeah, if you become a patron on Patreon, there are different levels. Um, and depending on the level you choose, you get access to our early podcasts. And we're going to be adding some more stuff in the future. Um, one of them is if we hit 25 Patreon members, Tom's going to go bowling with me. And if you listen to one of our last shows, that's that's going to be freaking awesome. Do I have and to wear the shoes, Michael? Yes, you do. Oh, man. Now, there is a pro shop at the bowling alley, so you could buy your own if you don't want other people's feet on no, yours. No, I am never going back to a bowling alley. But You know what? Never I do want never. to coordinate my outfit, though. Well, okay. You know, maybe I will. We'll see. So, maybe yeah. You never know. Sign up for Patreon and make me go bowling. And what Let are we going to do at 100, Tom? We're going to figure that out later. First, let's okay. get... Let I just need to get let's through get to bowling first. We got to yeah. get you through bowling, and then there's going to be a big surprise of what right. I'm going to do when we hit 100, which I'm really afraid of, but what the hell? Yeah, so find us on Patreon. It's really simple. If you're on your podcast, it's we're in the... Uh, the link is in the show liner um, notes. But also, if you enjoyed listening to us, please tell your friends to to listen to us as well. Uh, we would love to invite everyone out there, all of our over 50 gay males, as well as our allies and the younger gays. We have a lot to teach these guys. So for all of you out there, thanks for joining us at No Two Gays About It, where every voice, every opinion, and every age group matters. So now get out there, all of you, and join the conversations, and please let your voices be heard. Until then, Michael. Thanks for listening. Bye.